0: Oh, yeah Linux in the how Shizzle, Shi Linux in the How are we are we are
1: we Nice voice crack.
0: Wow Oh uh, <coughs> it's the cold. Anyway, welcome to episode 13 of Linux in the House, and we're doing this episode today because Paige really wanted to, because she's excited to talk to you, finally, about her homework that was months ago. I don't even remember what her homework was. Oh, yeah, that was in episode 10 back in July, so almost a year later, finally, her homework is finished.
1: Oh, shut up. Oh, no, wait a second.
0: Hold on, hold on over a year so it's a year and a half later her homework is finally finished because episode 10 was July 23rd 2012 where you were supposed to do some some create something in Krita and finally finally two can no longer be hanging on the edge of his seat for a year and a half because I think he he fell off a few times he gets to finally hear about your experiences with Krita so Paige why don't you Take it away. Just take it away. But
1: first, before we go on but first
0: I wanna let everybody know that Paige is gonna talk about Krita. So everybody, Paige's homework of a year and a half ago. This is what she has to say.
1: Are you done? Can you just like stop talking? Go ahead. (laughs) What else? What else? This is actually that that would be second, not first, because you already did first. So what what's second?
0: Well why don't you talk about Krita?
1: Oh, can I talk about Krita now? I'm waiting. Can I? Okay. Well, I don't know what you want me to say about CRETA, but I guess I'll just um, talk about, like, why it took me so long and um, why I eventually did it. it you know what? Me... I want
0: to hear all those things, but let me give you just a little uh, path so you can tailor what you're going to talk about and probably answer some of these questions. Uh, first off, people don't know what CRETA is. And secondly, people, a lot of people kind of know what Photoshop and GIMP are. How does Krita compare to the GIMP? There you go. There's a path for you after you're done talking about why it took so long.
1: Okay. Uh, Krita is like a vector based drawing, right?
0: I don't know. You tell me.
1: I don't know. Hold on.
0: <clears throat> I believe it is. Yes. Krita is a vector based drawing tool.
1: Well, hold on one second. Let me just look it up really quick.
0: Bah, what are you looking at? Looking trying to look up. You're going to Krita.org to look up what Krita is. It is digital play- painting creative freedom is what Krita is. So, yes, okay. to answer your question, it is a drawing tool, but go ahead.
1: Okay, well, Krita is a drawing tool, um, painting tool application where you can just you know uh, do all sorts of painting and drawing stuff. It's not really an image editor. Like GIMP, GIMP is mainly an image editor or an editor. It's not mainly for drawing. It's for editing things. But Krita is for creating things and um, and painting and drawing stuff. And uh, Photoshop, I think, is mostly for editing too. Although a lot of people do draw in Photoshop. Most like a lot. It's a lot. Um, it's marketed for editing. I think. So that that would be. Compare it to comparing uh Krita to GIMP and Photoshop, that's how I would put it, and uh, compared to Inkscape, where um, I think Inkscape and Krita are supposed to be like the same idea, they're for drawing, um, but I find Inkscape is more of like making specific things like logos or um. Well they do a lot of advertising for making logos and stuff. So that's the only thing I could think of, like using it for maybe like patterns or something like that. But Krita is more of like draw whatever you want because of how the tools are set up and laid out and the options and stuff.
0: Okay, I get it. So Krita is like Inkscape, which is close to what people on the proprietary side would say, maybe Adobe Illustrator or back in the day Corel draw and so that's where Krita f- comes into play as being a application that you would draw with more so than GIMP. So go ahead, talk to us about Krita.
1: Well I would say that Krita is like a better version of Inkscape. Like there they have a lot of differences, so it's hard to say that because, you know, they they do have a lot of differences and uh but I just think Krita is better for me to use. Um, I think it's easier to use than Inkscape. I I never really liked Inkscape, and I still don't really like Inkscape, and I don't really know how to use Inkscape, but, um, I've, like, read manual stuff about Inkscape and, like, how to do certain things, and it seems to me, like, in Inkscape, you don't have a lot of uh, freedom to just draw. Like, you gotta connect, whenever you make a stroke, it's on a different like a layer or a different section and I don't know how to connect them and I just don't understand how to use it very well. But with Krita it seems to me that it's like all about the layers. So you can just add layer after layer after layer of all these different things that come together to make one picture. And you can like take out layers or put in layers and it seems a lot easier for me to use.
0: Okay, so we'll take a step back a second. Um If you were to draw a line in Inkscape, you were to draw two lines in Inkscape, how would you connect those two lines together?
1: Okay. uh, Sorry. (laughs) I was pressing the wrong button. Uh, In Inkscape, I think, uh, well, when you draw two lines, when you pick up your pen or when you uh, let go of the mouse or when you make two separate lines, I think what it is, it's like it makes two different parts like each line you can manipulate and move and like warp and make it different by itself and it doesn't affect anything else like it's got a selector box around each line and you can like make it bigger or smaller or make it like warp it in a different direction or something like that you can edit each individual line but I don't I never fig. I never found out how you were supposed to uh, put the lines together like connect to them I think you can connect them with like another line if you use the right end for it like if you have like a path tool and you can connect one the end of the path of one line to the end of the path of another line with another line but I'm not sure I never if I did find that out I don't remember
0: okay so if you were to draw two separate lines in Inkscape and then draw a third line to connect them together, those those three lines would technically be... Oh, I was talking, and I realized I did the same thing that you just did. So if you were to draw three separate lines in Inkscape...
1: Did you lose your train of thought, or did you mute yourself?
0: No, I'm pressing the wrong button here. Because um, <laughs> I'm actually in Inkscape right now. And I was just trying something out and I'm instead of pressing instead of pressing uh the button that I should have been pressing uh trying to see which one is it. Uh um I can't remember what oh I can't remember which tool it is and it it's not what I will say is for the per- average person who just pops into it and says I, I'm gonna make these two lines and draw them together and then I'm going to how would I connect those two lines uh, join selected nodes is not it I, I, I honestly don't know I thought I did know but I don't I thought that it was just join selected nodes but there's another way to do it I'm not going to pretend I know. So let's go on to the next question would be how do you join two separate I mean do you have the same thing in Krita like, like if you drew one line and drew another line and drew a line between them would they be treated the same way would they be connected?
1: Um, no, Krita, is, it doesn't have that whole thing that Inkscape has going on, where when you make one line, it is separated, like kind of like a text box. Like if you have one line of text and then you make another line of text, they're not separate. Like But for lines, like text boxes might be separate, although you, you can't make those in Krita, but that'll be a different thing I'll get into later. Um, in Krita, everything, as long as it's on the same layer, it's kind of like drawing in GIMP, if you draw in GIMP, if everything's on the same layer, then it's all connected in the same field, it's all in the same plane, and when you use an eraser, it's going to erase all of it. When you um, color over, it's going to color over all of it. If you add some sort of effect to it, it's going to add the effect to all of those lines that you draw.
0: Okay, here's what I'm wondering, okay? Uh... I, I'm trying to figure out whether Karita would technically be considered a vector-based. Okay, continue. Uh, so if you if you had two lines and you, w- when you're on the same layer, all the lines apply. So one of the differences when you, you typically when you're drawing in Inkscape, you're you're drawing. There's a freehand mode and then there's a Bezier curve mode, and if you wanted to manipulate an object after you had drawn it, um, put it onto the thing, you would ip- manipulate the nodes and the curves, Bezier curves. So you would have to kind of attach the two together. Um, I take it Creta is not like that, correct?
1: Yeah, you're right. Creta uh, is not like that. It's got it's got those curves. That I call it the paths tool because that's what it's called in GIMP. Uh, it's got all those curve things. And you can use that as a tool. And what you do is you make the curve and then you hit like shift and you click and it makes the line. But after that, um, that line is not, you can't edit that line. It stays on the layer or whatever you put it on. It stays on the layer. And you can't, the only thing you could do is you could erase it or you could draw over it but you can't like further like edit the curves on it like you can in Inkscape. So that's how it would differ with the with the I'm going to call it the path tool. That's how it would be different between Inkscape and Krita.
0: Yeah. So Krita has a paths tool.
1: Yeah, and it's just like the GIMP path tool where uh you can It's actually no, let me let me say that differently. It's not just like the path tool and GIMP. Um because I think with the Creta paths tool, once you click uh and you finish making a like a line segment with the path, you can't like erase that part and you can't uh and go on to like like,
0: like what? You muted yourself.
1: Oh, sorry. Uh if you were to use the path tool in Krita... let me get it open okay so when you use the path tool in Krita you click if it'll let me click okay yeah you click one spot then you click another to obviously make the path and then you can curve it whichever way you want to curve it Um, and then you uh... you like you curve it again and you click another spot to curve it and blah 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 you keep doing that until you have the line you want but you can't like it doesn't have those little boxes it has to represent each place that you clicked to stop your curve to stop your um... to stop a little segment in the path and i don't think you can undo where you click so i think that would be like the the difference between this path tool and the one from GIMP and inkscape and also that the line that you make you can't edit it
0: alright so let's 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 step back a second and okay so we don't know completely 100% the differences between Inkscape and Krita and what the application is because between you and I you have ten times more digital uh, illustration experience than I do but i am probably guessing you are more so a user of the applications at this time and don't know understand necessarily understand the why's of the applications
1: correct yeah let me uh... let me just say that when I get a new application like Creta, or when I first got GIMP too, when I uh, draw in them and when I start using them I basically do like a hands-on just like dive into it and start learning it by using it and I don't do a lot of like looking up how to how to work certain things I usually just try and figure it out for myself and I feel more accomplished when I figure things out on my own uh, so I try and do that because I don't like reading through manuals, it gets really boring. But I should probably read through manuals before I start using the application. But I don't do that, which is bad on my part. But and that's why I don't really understand, like, or have listed out in my mind the differences between like Inkscape and GIMP and Krita, because I never really read the full manual for either for any of them, and so I don't like know the, the technical information about each and every tool.
0: Well, okay, so you're grounded now, um, because you didn't come forward Of course, that's everything. understandable. Uh, what, what I think, see, here's the thing. I, I, I'm not a, I'm never was really into artistic things. I mean, I'd love to be. I wish I could. I wish I invested the time to learn how to draw and be more artistic. Uh, but I never did. You have that skill, which is wonderful. I think where we're falling down here is. Uh, something that, and I don't want to say we're falling down. I mean, it, it's great. I mean, I see what you do in the GIMP, and I see what you do in Krita, and it's really, it's really great stuff. It's fantastic stuff. I mean, I'm really impressed. Don't get me wrong. I think kind of like in these questions right here, where I'm saying, what I'm trying to understand is, why would you use the GIMP, or why would you, you know, where, where does the GIMP fall into the workflow? Where does Inkscape flow where does Krita flow where what are the specifics for these applications now my understanding of the GIMP is that it is a image manipulation program so like a year and a half ago starting like okay let's go back six months ago you were doing primarily all your drawing work in the GIMP were you not yeah that's true and i was always saying to you you know take a step back a second uh, gimp is not for you can do, you can draw in gimp but gimp is not really for that's not what the gimp is designed for it's it's for image manipulation like taking an object that you or a, a image that you've already created and doing uh, kind of touch up work and enhancements that's a lot of what the gimp does how if you know for me saying that and me saying that in the past and me saying that right now would you based upon your experience with creta now agree with me or disagree on that
1: i would totally 100% agree with you it is so much easier better smarter and like to to draw in creta as opposed to gimp i think the images look better they're easier to do, it takes less time, and it's less frustration to use Krita for drawing than to use GIMP for drawing. GIMP is not an application that is meant to be drawn in. It's meant to edit what you have or what you make. And um, I, I think a better way of explaining like the, the purposes of the applications would be to tell you like how I'm using them now. Krita is 100 percent what I draw in it is I only do drawings in Krita I don't try and edit pictures with Krita only drawing in Krita and GIMP is what I go to after I drawn something in Krita it's what I use to edit the picture because like maybe I couldn't do something in Krita that I want to do in GIMP or maybe I want to touch something up I use GIMP for that because GIMP is really good for the editing like, I, I don't think I'll ever stop using it because I really like it, and I think it has a lot of really useful and really cool tools, but it's not for drawing.
0: So then what – What? I think we can all basically understand what you mean by drawing, but not necessarily what you mean by editing. So explain those two things. Like, when explain your – you did a good job of kind of giving us an overview of what you – your workflow, but take it – take it down a little deeper. Let's let's talk about the uh, image that you drew, um, your, the Naruto that you created the other day. How, did you use both Krita and GIMP for that?
1: Um, I think for that picture, which we'll have up on the website in the um, video description, or in the video episode description. description. <laughs> Shut up. In the uh, video description, I think. Uh, dang it! <laughs> in the episode description, I'm pretty sure you're going to put... Um, Either just that one, or uh, a couple of the things that I've done in Krita and in GIMP, up like in the description of the episode. Okay, but- well,
0: hold on one second. Let me not put words in your mouth as I put words in your mouth right now. Let's let's focus on one that you did in both and tell us what that is. I mean, we'll put all the ones that you want to put up on the website is fine. But let's talk about one that you did in both and explain the workflow. Uh, what you did in both applications from kind of like start to finish
1: okay um let me look and see what i have in here okay the i have a really good example of one that i did in both uh it's like the first one i did after my long hiatus from digital drawing and it's this girl she's standing in the middle of this like white background with these hexagons all around her and I did this in both GIMP and Krita. The main reason I did that was I drew the, the girl, the main image, in Krita And then I took uh, one of... I, and I saved her as kind of like a rendered out version of her. Like, uh, I think there's an option you can do on any of the layers. And it's like color 2 alpha or whatever. And it took out all the white. I'm not really sure how that works exactly. But so it took out all the white and I could save her as um, a PNG file I, I don't know is that what it's called PNG. I saved it as that and it kept the transparency and I saved it as a file and then I opened that in GIMP and made another picture or another image in GIMP of the same size with this white background and I made these hexagons with like a brush and I copy and pasted this girl onto that picture in GIMP because I didn't know how to import layers of something you've already done from your file system in into a layer on what you're drawing in Krita I didn't know if you could do that and I just figured out how to do that like yesterday I didn't know that at the time so what I was doing was I would whenever I had something that I wanted to add to a picture I would open it in GIMP and I would cut it out of the picture that it was in and I would paste it onto whatever I wanted it to be in so that was one way that I used GIMP as an image editor, but I think a better example of what um, of like why I would use Krita as drawing and GIMP as editing is like if I was gonna do a comic book, if I was gonna make a little comic strip or something, and I needed to have pictures and text in it, what I would do is I would t- draw everything in Krita and make the little text boxes in Krita, maybe. Maybe in Krita. I could do that in GIMP. Um, But I'd probably make the text boxes in Krita, too. I would draw it out. But then once I was done drawing it out, I would have to take it over to GIMP because Krita doesn't have text boxes. It has... You can change... You can manipulate the brush that you use, and you can make it into this thing called a text brush, a text brush, which um, it lets you apply words in either like a line or letter by letter and wherever you move your brush that's where it will be but it's not like a movable like box that you can um like change the font size or change the size of the words themselves you have to like brush it on and you could like scale the layer to a different size but that's really all you can do is make it bigger or smaller by scaling the layer so i would have to go into gimp and i would have to make a text box and. And I would have to uh, write out my text in there and apply it to the image, and that's something that I would consider editing. Okay. I hope that made some sense. Like.
0: Uh, right. So when you when you were finished, so you you said that you took the image, exported to PNG, and imported it and pulled it into the GIMP as a PNG file, right? Yeah. Cause you were asking me how is it possible to export from Krita into GIMP and retain your layers?
1: Yeah, and I still haven't found a way to do that. I don't know if you can do that. I've been trying to find a way to a file that will save all of my layers in Krita because the the Krita files save layers. When you open them back into Krita, it's got whatever layers you had. It still has those layers, but I haven't been able to find a file that you can save the layers and you can open that file in either GIMP or Inkscape and still have all those layers. If I could find a way to do that, I would probably use Inkscape a lot too.
0: So it sounds like what we have going on here is if we stop and say what we have going on here is a fundamental uh, disconnect in uh, knowledge and skill. And it might sound a little harsh putting it that way, but do, do you kind of see that? It's not that you don't have the skill to do the artistic side of things you do. Now you're bucking up against the knowledge that you need to apply those skills to the tools that you're using.
1: Yeah, I would say that's correct. Um, I think the, uh, the thing is that I do have the skills to do it. It's just it usually takes me so long and it gets me so frustrated and it makes me not want to draw because I don't try and... Dev- like dive into the knowledgeable side of it which I should do more
0: huh. okay so I guess the next step would be okay t- here's the problem that I see and and I don't know this is my pro- my experience with these type of applications now I for one again I don't have the the drawing skills that you do I have done some work some logo work and stuff like that in, uh, in applications. Where I always buck up against is I don't really have an understanding of what they mean with, with regards to a lot of these tools and when would you use a specific tool to do you know I can say well I would like to do some shading but how do I actually do the shading and what tools do I need to use I mean if you go into the GIMP and you pull down like the plugins and the different tools that they have and the different ways to manipulate color channels and stuff like that I really have absolutely no idea what I'm supposed to do with those I've messed around with them and played around and I kinda get an idea of what they're supposed to do but if I had that kind of if I had a resource that I could look at and say, oh, that makes sense. Like I followed some of the GIMP resources that I saw back in the day, and, you know, they're talking about different layers and creating a bump map and, and doing a bump map to create textures and stuff. And I can understand the flow of what they're doing, and I can partially get what they're doing, but I don't necessarily understand what the heck a bump map is or what that means and stuff like that. That okay, frustrates yeah. me.
1: I understand what you mean, and um, if you want, for the show i could like kind of explain like the t- i could explain the tools in Krita and like um how you would use them for different things like shading or just drawing or why you would use this instead of this or why you would use this just why you would use it i'm i just don't really like if that's what i should talk about explaining creta then i can do that
0: you can do that now or you'd have to do research
1: well, I don't I mean I could do it based on um what I understand of Krita and what I understand of drawing. Like I could easily tell you why I would do this instead of this for shading and why I, and how I would like make a line and how I would color it in. Go right ahead. Okay. Um well I guess I'll start with what I always start with when I'm drawing, and um it would probably be easier if I could find some way to record what I'm doing on my computer. But I'm, maybe I'll try doing that some other time for, like, another show we can try doing that or for another thing where I'm explaining what I'm doing. But what I always start with when I'm drawing is I start with my completely white, like, template that I make in Krita. And when you're using Krita, you have to, like, you, you make a custom document or you can select from, like, the predefined sizes or a predefined, like, type of document, like a comic like a comic template, but I, I usually, when I'm just doing some freehand drawing, I just go with a custom document, and I don't really pay much attention to the sizes, like the width and the height. I usually just go with whatever, either portrait or landscape, and it doesn't really make much of a difference to me because I usually don't know what I'm going to draw until it actually starts becoming a picture, but I always start with getting my cu- one of my custom documents, uh, and I make another layer because I always want to have the cushion of having a background layer that i can do anything i want with in case and it because like if if i mess up or something and it's on a different layer i don't have to worry about erasing anything else with it. so whenever i'm drawing i always start with a fresh layer and i usually start with my line art of whatever i'm going to do and so for line art They have the um, paint with brushes, which is just you click that and your mouse becomes your pencil or your brush or whatever you want to call it. And you can go and you can change like what kind of brush you use. Like they have a regular ink brush, which is just kind of like a pencil tool in GIMP or like paint tool in GIMP. It's just like that. And um, you can select like different things like the sharpness of it or the softness of it. And I usually don't get into that. I usually try and go really simple by just like, having the size changeable and that's usually enough for me because with my tablet like the pressure makes it bigger or smaller and like opaque or um... more transparent depending on how hard i press uh, so i just use a regular paintbrush i don't get into the air spray paint brushes yet i just use a regular it's called basic ink brush twenty five pre uh... it's like it comes with Krita, and i use that for just my line art and i get a really simple sketch going And once I'm, like, that's all on a separate layer, so once I'm done with that, then I can go further, but what I do with my line art is I usually, because I have a pretty steady hand, I usually don't go back with the paths, the path tool, uh, and, like, remake any lines. But if you had a really unsteady hand and your uh, your line art was really messy, you could make another layer on top of that line art and use the path tool and kind of like trace your lines from your line art that you want to keep into, and it'll be really clean paths, and you can save those paths and like they will make lines like with the ink brush or whatever brush you have set as your default brush for what you're currently doing, whatever line, uh, brush you have set, and it'll make paths with that brush type and with the size and the opacity that you're using and once it makes those paths you can delete or erase your layer of some of your sketch your, your other line art and you could have this new cleaner line art if it's better for you and that just that really depends on you as a person like if your hand is not very steady that path tool will be like your best friend because you can make the paths, and it doesn't matter how steady your hand is, as long as you get a good feel for uh, how how you need to curve it, and where you need to go, and how much curve is too much curve, and what will affect the next path you make. And that's that's pretty much figuring out the path tool for yourself, because some people can do it really well, and some people can't. And I'm kind of in the middle. I can kind of do the path tool, but not enough that I use it as like a default every time. I always go to the paths tool. So I I don't use the path tool a lot. For line art, I usually just use the free hand tool, and that's good for me because I have a steady hand, like I said before. Um, And so that's pretty much just what I start out with my line art. Is there any, like, do you have any, like, questions about that or anything you don't understand or anything that you want me to explain more? No, I get it. Okay. Uh, And usually what I do after I do my line art, after I'm done editing just this basic outline of whatever I'm going to draw, that's when I start the coloring and uh this is based most of the time this is what i do when i'm drawing like people i'll i'll explain like if i'm drawing backgrounds or like just a picture like of a boat or something like that i'll explain that Differently because that would be a different process. So when I'm drawing like people, like when I do a fan art of like anime or something like that, I start with my line art and then I do my coloring. What I do with the coloring is I set it on a new layer, and all new layers that you do in Krita they're automatically transparent. So if you want them to be uh, like filled in with a color, I think if you go up to the layer option and you click like you make a new layer, it might give you options as to what you want on your layer. Yeah, it says new layer, um, add new paint layer, whatever. You can fiddle around with those options. I usually just keep it simple with a transparent layer. And if I want it to be colored, I'll just use the freehand tool and I'll make it really big and I'll color it all that one color. But if you use the fill tool, I don't know how to... Like section the fill tool for one layer, so whenever I use the fill tool, it always fills everything, so I don't really understand that tool i don't i I try not to use it because it doesn't do it doesn't stick to one layer the layer that you're on like it does with the paintbrush, the paintbrush will stay on that one layer, but the fill tool doesn't do that, and I don't really understand why so I'll wait have wait, to... hold
0: on a second when you say the fill tool like if you had what does the fill tool actually do when, when you when you do it again, can you just you you have a drawing okay let's say you had a square on one layer a circle on the second layer and a triangle on the third layer where would you apply the fill which layer would you create a new layer to apply the fill
1: okay let me let me explain it kind of like what you're saying with the the shapes but um, let me say, instead of having like a triangle, a square, and a circle, let me say that I have a background of, a, like a, a white background as my template, like just a page of white, like a piece of paper, like a piece of computer paper. And then I'd make a new layer, and i draw a square on it. And I mean, it, it doesn't matter what kind of square. Um, so if it's just like the lines of a square or a filled-in square, doesn't matter. So if I want the background to instead of white be black... I can go to the background and because the square is a closed shape the fill won't go into the square so I will I can fill it I can fill the background layer if I go to that layer I can fill it with black but if I move the square or the inside of the square like the inside of the square will not fill the fill will not go past the boundaries of the square and I don't understand why because it's on a different layer so it should still fill the square because it's on a different layer, but it doesn't want to fill the whole square. It, or it doesn't want to fill the whole space behind the square. It just okay, wants to fill... Okay, hold on a second.
0: What if, you, what if you hide the square? What if you hide the layer that the square is on? Is to fill across the whole layer then? Or have you not tried that? Did you forget to unmute?
1: It's yep. Because... Like, <laughs> Anyway, doesn't matter. Um, Okay, so I drew like a squiggly line on the white on on my white backing on a separate layer. The squiggly line is on a separate layer, and I just hid the squiggly line. I can't see it anymore, and I fill it, and I yep, that works. Yeah, if I if I hide the layer, it works. So I guess that's how you get around it. But I don't usually use the Fill that much anyway. But if you wanted to think, fill the background, yeah, that works.
0: I think what you have going on here, okay, I think what, what the point is, is when you, okay, let's stop a second and, and talk about uh, the object. When you created that square, did you create it as a square object and size it? Or would, are you just taking a, a drawing and creating a square with your, just drawing it?
1: Well, I could do it just drawing a square, or I could make a square. with they have like, they have like a square shape that you can like, you click one corner and you pull it over and you size it, and it makes a different size square or rectangle okay. or Hold a circle, a and it does the same thing for both.
0: Hold on a second. Okay, so you have a drawing you have open right now, correct? Yeah. If you unhide the layer that you drew a squiggly line on. Okay. okay, you see that? If you were to draw a just draw a circle on there right now, just take your pen and draw a circle. Okay. Is the inside of that circle now white in there or is it the background color?
1: Well, um if I use if I use the circle uh the like the circle thing where I click one corner and pull it over, if I use that to make it it's white. Well, in the middle no in the middle it doesn't it doesn't make it white in the middle it's not a filled circle it's just the outside of the circle it's just making the line but okay. if, if i then try and go to the background color and fill it and fill the back around it it sees the circle and it sees those li- that circle line as like a boundary and it doesn't fill the inside of it when it's visible
0: okay hold on a second All right, we're talking about two different things here. That circle that you created, what's the inside of that circle color? What's the color of that circle?
1: It's the color of the background.
0: What's the color of the background? So if you were to go to the background right now, the layer of the background, and do a fill of yellow, does the inside of the circle turn yellow or does it not turn yellow?
1: It does not turn yellow.
0: It does not turn yellow.
1: No, it stays the the color it was before.
0: Now, are you sure you're filling the background or are you filling the layer that the circle's on?
1: No, no, I'm, I'm sure I'm filling the background because I go over and I click the first layer that has the background color. I click on that layer and I fill that layer, but if, if, the, if the layer on top of it with the circle is still visible, it sees that circle as a boundary line and it does not fill the inside. Now, I can fill the outside of that circle, and then I can fill the inside of that circle, and it'll look like it's completely filled in a different color. But if I go up to that layer that's above it, and I move it, if I move that layer, if I move the circle over, there'll be an outline of a circle that's the original background color surrounded by the new background color. So if I leave the layer above it visible, it must make like make uh, the the tool, it must make it sense some sort of boundary, even though since it's on a different layer, it shouldn't sense that boundary.
0: All right, well, just continue on to what you were talking about.
1: Okay. Um, should I talk about, like, coloring now?
0: That would be good.
1: Okay. Um. Well... Once I'm done with my line art and I have, you know, my base background white blank canvas and then my layer with my line art. Once I've got that, those are the basics. I um what I I make another new layer. And in that new layer, um that's where I start coloring and usually what I do is I pick one section of this line art that I've done to color at a time. And I put it on different layers. And the only reason I do that is because I like to really be safe about what I'm doing. Like, if I suddenly decide that I really hate, like the color of the shirt and that I want to erase it it's much much easier to delete a layer than to have to go in and intricately like erase the color to make sure I don't erase any other colors or if I do it on the layer with the line art I have to go in and make sure I don't erase the line art too so this is where layers really come in and are really important so that I don't have to worry about anything else around this one specific part that I'm doing so if I were to start with the shirt color, I would make a new layer, and then I would color in the shirt whatever color I wanted it to be, and mm-hmm. that, and um, and I would, like, erase parts that went outside of the line art, and I would make it, like, inside the line art, one solid color, and out, that would be my shirt color. And uh, that's basically, like, the most basic drawing that you could do with another layer. And if if that's where you were gonna stop that's okay cuz it's like colored now But you could still do more to it but that's how I would color it is I would make a new layer and then in that one layer you only take one section at a time to do to do this coloring cuz you don't wanna mess up any other sections so that's how I would do the coloring and do you have any questions about that like do you understand why I would make new layers
0: explain why you would make new layers
1: like, like I said, you would make new layers so that um, nothing else is disrupted. So that you could still have the line art. Like you would put the layer with color underneath your line art so that you could see that the color isn't overlapping, like not going outside the line art. You would be able to erase any color that went outside the line art and your line art would still be there. And it wouldn't be erased because it's on a different layer.
0: Okay, continue on.
1: Okay. Um, and after you have your basic, like, solid color shirt, um, like if you had a red shirt, you know, you'd have a solid color red shirt. And because it's on a different layer, you know, you put that layer underneath your line art, and you can, you'll you, you, you will still see the black line. Like, even if the red is right under it, you'll still see the black line primarily because it's your top layer. Uh, so once you have that solid red shirt, what you can do is you can go in and shade. And, like, I'm going to address that question you had earlier of what tools would you use to shade and why. For shading, you can use a whole bunch of different tools to get a whole bunch of different results or the same results. Like, shading is really a personal taste kind of thing. You can do shading however you want to do it and whichever way is comfortable to you. And um, the only technical term. And it's not really a technical term. Is I'm gonna use is cell shading, which I've heard people talk about, and that's where they take like a completely different color with the paintbrush tool, and they like use that completely different color to color in just a certain number of the cells in the on the with the in the red coloring, and it makes like a different colored area that can look like a shadow. But that makes like really separate areas of shadow and lightness, and it doesn't like fade into each other. You just have a lot of sections of like different colored like like that red to a slightly darker red, slightly darker, 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 and that makes a shadowed effect and Some people are really good at that, and they can do that really well. Do you understand what I mean when i say the the like sh- like coloring each individual cell to make a shadow?
0: uh no, explain it.
1: Okay, it's like it's kind of hard to explain because like people who do it they like they know what it is, but it's kind of hard to explain without showing somebody. Like if you take your red, you take the red base color you have and then you get a slightly darker color and you color like where you want your shadow to be, you color it, you color the shadow that color and then you move over with a s- even darker color than that darker color you had you move over just a little bit towards the inside of that shadow and you color that a darker red and you keep doing that with darker colors moving in towards the middle of the shadow until you get this kind of shadow effect that's made with these sections of dark color instead of like a gradient into a darker color like most shadows typically are like a gradient
0: all right, continue. Just keep going. If I have a question, I'll stop you.
1: <laughs> okay. Um that's I don't shade like that. I don't like to shade like that. I think it usually looks like whenever I do it, it always looks bad. I never do it very well because you have to have like good spacing of these different colors and um and you have to, you know, use really good colors that make a good transition into the shadow, and I'm not good at doing that. What I always do for shading which I think is really easy is I just take the airbrush the basic airbrush brush and um, I change up the opacity and the size and I use that to shade I take a, a color that's darker than the red I had for the t-shirt and I'll just I'll use a very low opacity so that it doesn't look like streaky and I'll start in the where it's darkest shadow and I'll go out um, I'll go out as far as I want the shadow to go and then I'll go back into that corner And I'll make that corner darker, letting the darkness go out and kind of like fade out. So I'll make the corner the darkest place, obviously, because that's where the shadow originates. And then make it like as it goes further out, it gets lighter and lighter until it's that basic red color. And that makes a really good shadow. So that's how I do shadows. And um, that's just another way to do it. You could do it the cell shading, like I, I talked about before. Or you can do it with uh, the airbrush technique. That's Those are the main ways I know how to do shading. I don't think, I don't know if there's any other ways you can do shading. But I mean, you can do shading however you want. You can use a different brush rather than the airbrush technique. You can use a different brush. Some people use like this... Um, this hatch brush this like it makes like little lines some people and there's like comics that have this hatch brush used and uh they just wherever they want shading they just make these little it makes little lines there and it signifies that there's shading there. I just think that's too much of a contrast, especially if you're doing a colored picture. If it's a black and white picture, that works really well for black and white having those like lines or those dots to show that they're shading, um, but I don't like those for colored pictures. So I don't have any images that have that in as as an example with like the hatched lines that represent shading, but if you look it up like a lot of manga and comics when they're black and white they have that a lot of the time instead of like um, cell shading or airbrush shading so those are the three ways I can think of to, uh, to add shadow or like more definition and you can also use any of those techniques except for like you can use the first two I don't think you can really use the hatchet technique um, to make light. Like on the other side, if you have shadow on one side, you got to have some light coming in on the other side. So if you want a lighter area, like on this shirt that we're talking about, you can use like the airbrush technique or the cell shading technique. Take a lighter color red and you can make a lighter area on the other side and you would do it the same way as the shadow. You would have your main part that's the, the lightest and then you would get darker from that spot just like you would have your darkest point for the shadow and you would get lighter from that spot. And that's pretty much the, my my knowledge of shading on digital drawings. So if you have any questions about that, I'll answer them, but I I can continue on.
0: Continue on. Okay. All right, hold on. Let's stop one second. Okay. I see what you're saying with regards to Krita because I was just playing around with it and, and you're right. What's interesting is, is if I take a layer, we call it my background layer, and I create another layer on top of that and I do the circle tool and if I do another layer on top of that, create a square. If I go down to the first layer and I do the fill, the areas that the other layers were on, that have the empty space like the inside of the circle and the inside of the square are not filled in.
1: And also if you move those layers you can see that the lines of those squares and circles, they didn't get filled either.
0: No, they they didn't get filled in either. And if you go up to another layer and you fill in on that layer it wipes everything out of that layer.
1: Yeah, if you have like a complete line art like a black line art and you have a, a background and it's like if you for some reason have a black background i don't know and you fill in like a top layer with white it'll make everything white because everything was black so i think it just goes with like the pixel color and it it fills everything that's that one color in
0: right so it doesn't like in the gimp if i were to put a circle on the screen and I were to do the fill tool outside the circle, the outside of the circle would get filled. If I did it inside of the circle, well, the inside of the circle would get filled. But if I do this on a layer in Creta, the whole thing, regardless of what's in that circle, gets filled
1: Also, of that color. Yeah. Also, if you have like a circle and you make a layer on top of it, and you click like even though it's a brand new layer and it's not supposed to have anything in it if you click on like one of the parts of that circle it'll fill that circle and any of the colors that are the same color as that circle that touch it so even though it's on a completely different layer it'll still act as if it's like touching that circle
0: so I guess what I this comes back to the way these tools are designed to operate is where the fundamental disconnect is, I think, as to why it does that. I mean, I, my speculation is, first and foremost, that... Um, it's treating each layer as its own object and if you were to draw squiggly lines those are just lines but if you were to just it would be just like a piece of paper if you were to to just say I'm going to fill this whole piece of paper with a specific color it will just overwash whatever is already on there but let's continue on
1: okay well uh now that I have like this imaginary picture with this imaginary red shirt that's imaginarily shaded, uh, I would continue on and I would make a new layer for every part that I had to color, and I would do all those colorings. And once like each layer would be transparent, so once I was satisfied with everything that I, I had colored, I would have to move on, and I always do a background for my pictures because without a background they just look incomplete to me so I would go down and this is where the original template page comes in that um, that I didn't color on at all I would go back to that page and that's where I would start my background I wouldn't want to color directly on it until I knew exactly what I wanted so I would make another layer that was underneath all of my um, layers that had my line art and everything that colored in my line art once I had like after having making a new layer above my original template layer um, I would start making my background and like what what you make your background like what tools you use depend on what you want for your background usually I just make it a solid color maybe add some squiggly lines with the freehand path tool maybe I'll do some straight lines with the um, straight line tool which is really cool it's right next to the freehand tool I could make some shapes with the shape tool I can make triangle or I can make um, rectangles or ellipses or I can make a polygon which you would just you know click and then move your mouse and click again and click again and click again and click again and then you hit like shift and you click one more time and it makes a picture It makes a polygon um, it connects whatever lines you didn't connect to make a complete shape so you could use that um, there's this one tool. What's it called? Paint with multi brushes. And if you click one spot, it makes like a kaleidoscope effect and your paintbrush appears like six times. Yeah, six times. And like each each place that it's in, it makes the same exact image. And that looks pretty cool sometimes. Um, it actually always looks cool, but you know. Sometimes it's not right for a picture. And then they have this like dynamic movements brush where you just, uh, you click on it, it, you start in like the center of whatever it is. And when you move it, it makes these like very exaggerated dramatic move like brush strokes. And, um, it's kind of hard to use because it's, it's hard to manipulate it, but if you use it right in the background, it can look really cool. A lot of these brushes and tools are mostly like you gotta figure them out yourself. And if you think you can incorporate it into a drawing, you can. But what I think Krita is mainly about is um, the br- the free brush stroke, the free like the paintbrush brushes the free stroke and all the options you can have as your paintbrush or for your paintbrush that's what Creed is mainly about for me is all those different paintbrush options you have and then you can apply them to the very limited amount of tools that you have so um, so once you have that background made you can uh, you can merge it down to your uh, first layer if you want you don't have to do that like whatever looks best if you need to merge it down to have like white behind your background or if you need your background to have like a different color behind it you can make that layer a different color by painting over it with a different color anything that goes outside the visible boundaries won't show on a final like a saved file it won't show those like those extra brush strokes that go outside the boundary even though you can make them outside the boundary and you can move them over to see them uh they won't be visible if it's outside the boundary. So you can color the base thing anything you want just like you can color any layer anything you want. And then what I usually do what I sometimes do um for my pictures is sometimes I merge all the layers down into one complete picture to feel like a complete picture. But sometimes I don't do that because sometimes I'm like well I'm not really certain about this picture with this background or just this part of this picture. So I just leave it all um, in layers, and I save it as a CREDA file, and then I can export it as like a, a JPEG or a PNG file, and so it could be like visible, uploaded to different sites or whatever, or just like have as a visible file that I can open up with an image viewer application but then I can also have that backup Krita application that's got those layers that I can go back and edit anything if I'm not satisfied with something. So that's basically how I would finish making a picture is I would either merge it all down or leave it as layers and then save it in a Krita file just to be safe and then export it because a Krita file can't really be opened in anything but Krita since it's a Krita file. And that's
0: basically yeah
1: that's what I would do to draw a picture.
0: Now now here's a thought for you if you want to take your image and export it out as all layers and import it into the GIMP and retain the layers use open raster format
1: oh okay I yeah, just I did just, it. there's so many options there and they I don't think they really give you much um, like description for the different options so I, I wasn't sure what to use and I didn't really feel like fiddling around with each one. But now that I know which one it is, I'll use it and I'll be able to like take my picture if I have a problem with any of the layers. Like if I, I had a certain layer and I wanted to do something with it but I didn't have a tool in Krita to do it, I could open it up in like GIMP or maybe see if that opens up in Inkscape too and I would have all those layers and I'd be able to edit them individually.
0: There you go. Now, see, do you are you going to take graphic design in school? Uh,
1: um, is that it?
0: Computer aided graphic, not computer aided. I mean, are you going to go on to the uh to the computerized courses for art?
1: Like at school?
0: Yeah, at school.
1: Um, they have graphic design at my school. So I might if like during my senior year I don't have a bunch of A P classes and stuff that uh and I have like some open blocks like next year, I might my my I won't be taking art uh painting anymore. I might decide to do graphic design, but I don't know because I think what they mainly use is Photoshop and I don't really wanna learn how to do Photoshop because I don't wanna draw in Photoshop.
0: Well I reason why I say I mean it wouldn't be bad to learn but what I'm thinking is you probably would get a better understanding of what these tools are for and how to use them and which one you would use for where uh, and understand the terminology that's behind them and, and kinda like what we're talking about is why does Krita behave that way what is the reason that it does that that's all I'm thinking about.
1: Yeah, that's true. It would be beneficial to learn that. Um, now that I'm thinking about it, I think we might just have a animation class. I don't know if we have a graphic design class.
0: Well, something to look into. Yeah. Do you like Krita? you like Krita? I
1: like it a lot. Um, I didn't like it at first, and the only reason I didn't like it was because yeah. the minute I opened it up, well, I think like uh, um, there was a point where when I opened it up, it didn't fit my computer screen right. Or something like at one time, I'm, it might have been on a different computer. So I think I might have had a different computer when I first got it. I'm not sure though. Um, but like at, at this one point in time, like it wouldn't fit my computer, and so it's just like I don't like it when things can't fit my computer and I didn't know how to fix that so I just didn't use it um and then my other problem was later was that once I opened it up like it gave me that cut like your customized document screen where you had to put in all these like dimensions and stuff and it gave you all these options and that just put me off so much I don't really know why but it's like I just didn't want to deal with that um but once I got past that uh, and I started like I did some like doodles and fiddled around with it um a couple times but I never really got into it until like this past week I just st- drew something and I was like so happy with it I started drawing a bunch and they all my stuff has come out really good and I really enjoy using it and each time I use it I learn new things about it um that help me draw so it's just it's been a kind of a weird experience starting to use Krita. but what I've done I've fallen in love I've fallen in love with what I've done and I've fallen in love with the application
0: well, that is cool, and I hope that inspires other people to fall in love with the application, too. So now under your tool belt, you have both GIMP and Krita and we're going to post some of your artwork on the webpage.
1: page. Yeah. Um, with Inkscape, like, I do know how to do stuff in Inkscape. I've just never had to do, like, I've never had a drawing or an image that needed one of those skills one of those things done to it so i can do a bunch of scuff, uh, stuff in inkscape like if i needed to create a logo i would go into inkscape and i would do it but i've never used that to make a drawing because i just it's that's not what i think it should be used for so i can use inkscape i've just never had And now that I can open files in GIMP from Krita, and I could probably open them in Inkscape, too, I might start using Inkscape to edit some images.
0: Well, I'd like to hear your results. Yep. Is there anything else you'd like to talk about this episode?
1: Well, seeing as I was not really prepared for it, I don't think I have anything else to say. I feel like this was a very jumbled episode. I should have been more prepared.
0: No, that's okay. We like to wing it.
1: <laughs> I feel like it wasn't very helpful at all.
0: But you No, know, I think you, you did a good a good thing. What I would like to see what I would like to see. Let's 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 talk about doing another episode.
1: Is this basically you telling me that this is my homework?
0: Yeah, here here it comes. So in a year and a half from now we can come back and all these applications, you'll be doing this on Photoshop, right? In a year and a half from now. Oh God, I
1: hope <sighs> not.
0: Okay, so I, I would like you to uh, get a better understanding of why these, what, what, the way that these tools operate, and why that they uh, work in a specific ways. Like, why does Krita do the fill like that? Okay. 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 Um. Another application that I want you to look into is MyPaint. You can install that because I just installed it on the machine down here.
1: MyPaint. MyPaint. My paint. What?
0: Because MyPaint is called MyPaint. Okay. Now, I did a quick search because I was curious, you know, originally your question is how would you export from Krita to GIMP and retain layers and stuff like that. And I saw a a post by somebody. His name is. If you do, if you, if you do a search for export from CRETA to GIMP, the first thing that comes up is a post by a guy named David Ravoy, who's an illustrator and painter, and he had mentioned that it seems like his workflow. Uh, he says um, he's complaining about this. This is what he says. Experience personally, I never really was a fan of this new new behavior. Uh okay so GIMP save export new behavior is far popular is far to be popular according to the GIMP film and various feedback and some Okay, he's talking about essentially the behavior of X save as versus export in the GIMP cuz the GIMP move from when you do a save uh it allows you to save in the GIMP format but uh, export allows you to do what save as used to do I believe it is. Okay, so you have he's saying that his uh his digital painting workflow is from my paint to Creta to GIMP. So he's st- I guess it sounds like he starts with my paint and he kind of moves between my paint and Krita and then his next step would be from Krita to GIMP. I'm just based upon this and he does all this using open raster files. So I- I'm just just looking into it. I'm curious because I've I fired up My Paint and it seems to be like a very different animal than Krita is. So I'm curious as to why would you use my paint to Krita to GIMP? Because it almost seems like for the pure drawing, maybe my paint might be the first step, and then that would be something you would take in the Krita. Why would you do that? I don't know. I don't know.
1: Well, it looks Look-y. cool, so it's got a lot. Of, like I, I just went on the website, and it's got like all these brushes and stuff, and they look pretty awesome, so...
0: Yeah, it's a fast and easy open source graphics application for digital painters. It lets you focus on art instead of the program. Believe me, when I went in and started playing around with it, I'm like, forget it. I have no idea what I'm doing here. I mean, it's, well, that means it must it,
1: be great for me.
0: <laughs> yeah, there you go. I don't know what I'm gonna do. I mean, the brushes look like you said. The brushes look good. Um, I don't know.
1: Yeah, I know. Just something um, to, they got to like, check out. They got a calligraphy brush, which is something Inkscape has and Krita does not have, and that looks pretty cool, because I actually like using the calligraphy brush in Inkscape. It's what I made that flower rose thing with that we have on the website that I had to do for homework, and that was, like, the only thing I could figure out how to use is, like, a paintbrush, so I used that to make that, and so I, I like, I really like the calligraphy brushes, so that's cool. I don't know if Krita has one of those.
0: Well, there we go. I mean if you could kind of get a little more understanding as to i guess just the basics behind some of the graphic designs okay why 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 is there my paint and Krita and gimp and inkscape and where like what what would be the optimal workflow cuz right now it sounds like you have a good workflow but i mean is there a better way of doing it like my paint Krita? and and gimp and what is the better tool for doing what i mean is it better to do coloring in creta is it better to do your coloring in gimp um i don't know just just curious okay so there we go anything else you like to talk about this week we're getting uh, getting on there page and i gotta go make dinner
1: Oh yeah, um, Korean barbecue or no Korean uh, fried chicken? That should be interesting. There we go. Um, I haven't really done that much. Uh, we could talk about Echelon if you want, or we could save that for another episode. <laughs>
0: Let's save it for the next episode. Cause okay, because I want to see a, if you can finish.
1: We could talk a lot Echelon about Echelon. Two. Yeah, I could, I could probably finish it by like a couple like. By the time before Echelon Three comes out, I could probably finish it, and we could do an episode, or we can do an episode after Echelon Three, and we could put our initial first impressions of that too. Well, let me ask you this,
0: uh, just a curiosity. The other day, a couple days ago, you were telling me you think you're already almost at the end of it. When you said you thought you're almost at the end of it, do you really think you're almost at the end of it?
1: Well, um, when I played Echelon One, the like the there was. There's a limit in Echelon 1 for the levels, and I think that's like 17 levels. And I'm playing Echelon 2, and I'm already at level like 13. So I must be getting on in the game, because it like everything's starting to get really easy. I've got a buttload of money, and uh, I only have one quest and a treasure map that I haven't followed. So I'm pretty sure I'm getting close to the end, because I think all I have to do is finish that quest, and then that's the end of the game.
0: Well, we shall see. We'll keep it in mind for the next episode. So uh, thank you very much, Paige. And if that's it, I mean, we'll we'll close this up and I'll go make dinner.
1: You are welcome very much. And Thank uh, you. I think that's it.
0: Now, make sure that you press stop recording on there because recording on your end is a backup. So, Okay. Uh, if that's it, I mean, let's, uh, let's call it a good night and you can sing us out, Paige. <laughs> Psych.
1: I have a throat. Nuh-uh.
0: All right, well, happy days. You know what? Maybe next time we'll also get Avery to come on and talk about Avery's project, how that went.
1: Oh, yeah, that's true. That would be good. We could have a guest on the show. There we go. Well, I mean, wait, no, it's Linux in the house, so I don't think she'd really be a guest. I think she's considered part of the show.
0: Yeah, that we could get Mommy to talk about her Chromebook. I don't know.
1: We could. We could do that. All right. We could get Lily to come on and talk about something that we wouldn't understand.
0: There we go. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much. Love you, Paige, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. Love me too. Bye bye. <laughs> bye. Oh yeah. Linux in the house. Shizzle, magnesium.
1: Daddy has a gun. Yes.
0: Yes. Okay. Go to uh, the first one there. says audio input. audio input. What do you see, what as, do you as, see device? as device?
1: Um, Plantronics, Audio, USB, Analog, Stereo.
0: Press Apply. Okay. Is it
1: still coming,
0: still through, coming through your, your speakers? Yeah. Uh... No wait, go no, to, audio, to the output. audio Output. Okay. What's it say?
1: Same thing, the... Plantronics. Press
0: Press apply. apply. Okay. Is it still going? going. Mm. Yeah. (sighs) Is it going through both both of them or just just one?
1: one. Just one.
0: Hold on. La da 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 La da 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 da. What the crap? Okay, I'm done here. Then- Alright, let me see here. Speak.
1: Um. Well. Test test test, test. test.
0: test. 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 Why? No, hold on. Why is this? Playback. There we go. Is it working? It is now. How's that?
1: Uh, I I don't know.
0: There we go. (laughs) Sounds good to me. Come back up here. All right. of bullcrap is what it is. What? <laughs> oh, what's taking you so long? What? Are you ready?
1: <sighs> I guess.
0: Alright. Why do I hear myself coming back?
1: um... you're pretty loud i mean i don't, I
0: don't All know. Right. hold on hold on tell me when i get let me see here how's that
1: it's still just as loud i think
0: no it's not no well, oh,
1: it's not do you hear yourself
0: i do but that's cause it's probably coming through your speakers
1: Yeah, probably <sighs>
0: Uh, you I, know what you can do is turn I do your that speakers thing? down.
1: Um, like through my main audio.
0: Uh, can you do it through your main audio? Or just oh wait, hold on. Do PAVU control? Wait, you can turn. Did that work? What? Testing. Yeah. Can you hear me?
1: Yeah. Here, let me turn it up just a little bit. Okay. Is that is that working? Is it working for you? I can hear you. Is it um echoing?
0: No, I don't hear it.
1: Okay. Then I guess we're good. <clears throat>
0: oh all right let's get this show going let's uh let's cry
1: why why are we crying
0: i don't know <laughs> this is... guy why don't you sing the opening
1: <laughs> sake why don't you sing the opening
0: hold on i'm gonna
1: my throat hurts i can't sing the opening so it's my... we're on episode
0: 13. we are yeah really yeah. Huh. Alright. Here we go. Five, four, three, two, one. 4, 3, 2, 1. Welcome to episode 13 of Linux in the House. Are you muted? Mute yourself when I am talking and you're not. Yes, sir. Because you're causing all sorts of noise on the channel. And people don't want to hear noise. They want to hear quality.
1: Oh, fine. Which is then why... start it over. Jeez. Okay. Here
0: we go. Five, four, three, two, one.